Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between, welcome to another episode of the Chaps Chat Cats episode, and I did this count the other night while I was uploading our last pod, episode number 218, the double ton well and truly brought up and racing towards 250. I am joined in the studio by Sambo and Johnny. How are you, chaps? Pretty good. good. Uh, yes, going well. It's been a pretty, uh, pretty cruisy day. Sorry, I just rather be pretty, really quiet. My microphone was all the way down there. Uh, <laughs> down there. <laughs> down yeah, there. Recording some uh, some foley for foley. my predominantly from predominantly yeah. fart related comedy film. <laughs> <laughs> just look, look, an artist Chaps never sleeps. Fans. Right, I'm always recording. Always recording foley. Always recording. <laughs> it's like that um, group of guys that has the their private chat where it's just farts where they record their farts and send it to each other i'm not sure i think it's <laughs> a group you, of comedians or something I'm not sure if you just made that up or if it's something if this is something you do no, that you're true. just now telling no. about. never it's heard of it. something never that some it. guys do i think it's a group like all people from all over the world like comedians or sports people or something and they yeah record farts and send them each other and that's all they do that's all the chat is is just <laughs> Clips of farts. <laughs> well, look, we've been talking about starting a Discord channel for the chaps and our Patreon subscribers. So, like, maybe we just need to start that. Just us and the patrons, you know, exchanging uh, recordings of our flatulence. Um, pretty much describes the podcast, really. <laughs> uh, tonight's episode, yes. we are previewing. Can't believe it's week seven of the AFLW season. Uh over with this will be the second game over halfway the cats taking on the dockers i believe down at cadinia park um yes after a disappointing road loss last week down in warnable to the bombers so week seven cats v dockers that's what we're doing previewing it then for the aforementioned patreon subscribers we're going to jump behind the old patreon paywall uh which you can get access to for $3.50 US per month, extended shows, video versions of the podcast, and VFL men's and women's coverage during the season. And we're going to do our Patreon match predictions. So let's jump into it, chaps. Um, A big game. This, uh, I think we said it on the recap pod, Sam, after the, the consecutive losses, after such a hot start to the season the consecutive losses to the D's and then to the Bombers. Um, the D's one perhaps expected, maybe the, the margin of defeat, not so. But the defeat to the Bombers really does start to throw a uh, spanner in the works for the Cats. Top four seems like it's just about Cactus. And now we're trying to reset our sights for the top eight, ensuring qualification. The Cats only have you know, four games remaining in their season and they're currently stuck in an absolute log jam of teams, um, you know, heading into this final month of the year. What are your thoughts going into this matchup with the Dockers? Uh, pretty, pretty important game to really get this to win. It's one that they they must must win, and especially after last week's disappointing disappointing loss, really was disappointing loss. The way they 
just weren't able to get those goals or play the way they usually would like to. But yeah, I think if 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 they lose this one, then I think that's a, you can nearly say it'll be cactus of top eight nearly the way if if they can't get over the line this weekend and you know what it's gonna be probably another tough match i feel like all the matches so far upcoming are going to be really tough for the cats because i feel like the oppositions are starting to figure out how to defeat the cats and it's really from the center square and it's hard for the cats to really wrestle back once the team gets on top and get that momentum back our way and just uh, kicking inside 50 again is something a bit of a big, big, big concern of mine. The, just the way they keep just kicking it a bit, a bit high over the forwards. The forwards are making really good movements, really good positioning. But I don't know. It's just, it's like they're stuck in that. Just get it in there. Chaos will happen and we'll get a goal from it. But what happens is you kick it in long. And all you get is opposition defenders taking an easy mark. So I think the Cats really need to work that one out to have a good chance of winning this game. Because if we continue doing what we did against Melbourne and Bombers, I don't think we'd be coming away with a victory. But, you know, I've got full faith that Cats can remedy that really quickly and play like we saw them play in those first few weeks where they were really dominant, really Great going inside 50. They were able to wrestle back a bit of momentum and keep sides out of games. I don't, it doesn't feel like it takes much tweaking to get back to that. And I hope they do this weekend because we need a victory, especially at home. Mm. Yeah, you got to bank. Uh, as we, I think we said on the, the recap pod, Sam, you pretty much got to go four and zip now. To guarantee mm. things, three and one throws you in the melting pot. And, mm. you know, for this team, the Cats, which, you know, off to such a rollicking start to the season with the massive win over the Dogs, the warning signs sort of started to be there after quarter time against the Swans. You know, Georgie Prasparkas mm. ran right over the Swans, had 11 touches the first quarter. They tag her, and then suddenly Geelong are pulled back, not into a genuine contest because they never got that close. But the Swans really controlled much of the second half of that game. Then you lose to the Kangaroos, you know, for the sixth time consecutively. We've still not beaten them. You go over and open up a massive deficit against Port Adelaide, and then they, much like the Swans, storm back and control much of the second half, didn't get close enough to actually concern us. Then the 49-point loss to the Ds, 10-point road loss to the Bombers after getting up 14 to nothing. Where's your head at, Sambo, with this game? I mean, yeah, somewhat like similar to you guys, obviously. It's uh, very important. It's a super important one. They're all important games from now on. Um, but I think we, you know, I think we can do it. I think it'll be tough. I think we certainly don't want to take this one for granted at all. Um, and yeah, look, honestly, I think I'm less focused on the result right now. I'm more focused on like what John was talking about, just getting to see them play the way they want to play. If they play their game style and it looks good and they lose, then I'm not really, you know, I'm not really that yeah. that fast. If they, you know, even if they, if they win the rest of the their games and still miss finals, but they played really well and they, you know, look like again, I'm not I'm not super cut up 
Um, and I don't even, mm. I'm not even necessarily worried about the inside 50 conversion rate yet. So much as just how those inside 50s look. Um, right. You know, if we just get some more shots on the ball, if we, like you and I were talking about in the preview and like John's just alluded to, if we can just hit up shorter target targets, targets around the arc, targets just inside the 50, uh, and just look a little more lively in that forward 50. Um, and on top of that, those chains of possession out via the wing, out through, you know, those those players we've got that are trying to that are putting in the workload, that are making options and just not necessarily getting the backup that they they were getting in the first first section of the season. Um I may I'm mostly focused on just seeing those two things. And you know, of course if we see those two things, I think we will win. So I guess I'm not focused on the result, but I think if we get what I am focused on, then we probably will get the result. Yeah, and like uh, I went back and put up a tweet about the the stuff we talked about on the recap, which was you know the failure to hit up short targets, and I, I thought, well, I'll go back, I'll just watch the highlights package, I'll see if I can see anything, see any examples that I could put up a visual sort of um, you know paint a picture for people, you know as to what we're talking about on the pod. Literally the first inside 50 that's recorded in the highlights package is the cats amy mcdonald centers a ball across um the defensive side of the center square to zali friswell who takes a great mark dashes away into space has you know space in front of her takes her time takes her time the opponent is starting to close her down and she puts it inside 50 and an essendon defender takes an uncontested intercepting mark and what i highlighted on twitter is the, the trajectory of the kick up and over into the 50 and you've got Chloe Shear leading out with her defender trailing her, Ashling Maloney in space, both players, you know, at about the 48-metre line, you know, if you look at the arc of 50. And, and, you know, another thing you can see in that picture is Jacqueline Parry streaming back, you know, from midfield into the 50. So, you know... Although I can't see what's happening down the ground, I'm assuming if she is leading up, if Maloney's on the edge of 50, if Jacqueline Parry's running towards the 50, there was nothing else deep because I can't imagine who else would have been stationed deeper than those three players who are your three sort of key forward players. So, yeah, and I'm, I'm like with you chaps that obviously you want to see him win, you want to see him get to the finals, but it starts with you want to see the the process happening. You want to see the game style being followed, you know, because that's what set the dogs win apart from any other win we've had this year was our ability to chain together possessions around the wings, um, you know, even through the middle at times, but just to control the ball and hit up. Uh, I, that was some, one of our biggest takeaways going back was the mm. leading and how the cats led and marked and, and manipulated space against the dogs we really haven't seen that again this season at least not to the same extent and it's unfortunately something that echoes to some of the losses like to north melbourne the finals lost last year to north that was the hallmark of that loss was bombs away inside 50 plenty of the ball out of the middle um and just lumping it in right where the defenders want it um have we got some team ins and outs to talk we do. about? Did we get the selections I have, in? I have okay. the selections. 
just one change. What have we got this week? We have Abby McDonald is an out, just omitted, with Gabby Featherston coming in to decide. Hmm. And that's, that's interesting. It, it is um, very interesting. Have you? What's what's the general thoughts on this? Well, uh, Do, uh, is there? I've well, liked, what do we think about McDonald going out, Featherston in? I like the way Featherston played her games that she played last year. I thought she played a really pretty solid role in that defensive part of the ground and midfield. So can understand why she gets a bit of a call up, done really well in the VFL, done a lot of ruck work in the VFL. So, yeah, I think a very well-earned call up for Featherston. And I think this is going to be adding the Abby McDonald's sort of yeah coming into the side, getting that experience, and probably getting dropped as other players, you know, put their hands up and work their way into the side. So yeah, I feel like it's it's very similar to Plummer McDonald, um, just getting opportunities here and there, and you know when we think she does really well, just gets dropped, and another young player comes in to take her spot. So yeah, I think it's. Very Geelong, Geelong type um, team selection this week. So yeah, um, I'm pretty happy with it. How about you, Sam? Sambo? Yeah, no, I I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, really liked uh, Featherston um, and what she's brought, and I think I, I think McDonald's got a lot of a lot of potential uh, and brings some really nice stuff to the to the team. But I do think that her her, her um, I, I think it wouldn't be the worst thing for, for her to take a take a week out and be able to sort of watch the game from a bit of distance and 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 work on her her process and her systems a little bit as well. Um, I think that there's the only real slight I'd make is that just sometimes you can just you can just see that she hasn't necessarily got the experience with that decision making, especially under pressure. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I think I think it's I don't think it's you know. A slight against her. I don't think it's any kind of dire straits for her to be dropped. I think this makes sense. As John said, she comes in, she goes out, she's had a good run, she's had some experience, and she can now maybe go on um, and build on that, um, you know, uh, in, during training and in her own time and, you know, in the in the VFLW if she, you know, if she uh, gets a run as well. So I think that's um, fair enough. I mean, you know, obviously going forward, I mean, more more long-term as well. Yeah, and like I watched a fair bit of both of the the players that we're talking about in the VFLW this season and like, yeah, Abby McDonald has so much obvious like upside, but as, as you've said, you know, she's not yet banked that starting spot. I don't think she's, you know, this isn't, you know, harsh criticism or anything. I, I think she would know that because she's not been selected. She probably hasn't done enough consistently to warrant retaining her spot um you know like a couple of players there's probably been a few ill-disciplined things that have led to you know there was a 50 meter penalty against the d's which pretty much led to i think directly to a goal to start the fourth quarter which pretty much put paid to any momentum that geelong had had you know coming out of the third term where they'd maybe looked a little friskier i think it makes sense. It's nice to be able to bring these players in, give them a taste, and then say, "All right, now you've got to go and you know uh, 
It's a shame the VFLW doesn't run concurrently mm. with the yeah, AFLW because she could go she, and work on these things. Is in, she even like time. 20 at the moment? No, she's. I don't think so. I think she's quite young, yeah, Abby McDonald. Yeah, young, so that's yeah. that's like I don't think that's what, I don't think it's dire straits. Like if she gets no. back in, it's a short season. If she doesn't get I back think, in, you know, for the end of the season, I think she's had plenty of experience to work on. So, um, you know, long term, I don't think she's in any in any trouble. No, no, absolutely, no, definitely not. Um, and I'll just say on Featherston. She had an interesting VFLW season this year where she played in round one and she was a player that I was looking to really like blow the doors off it. Really loved her. I think we all did um, coming out of the draft and watching highlights and going, wow, like really exciting dynamic player. It was sort of like, it was a little bit of a forgettable performance in week one against North and then had a significant amount of time out, came back, played round 10, 11, 13 and 14. Um, had 21 touches, four marks uh, in game against Port, Ab- uh, Port Melbourne, uh, 10 touches, 13 hit out, seven tackles in the game against Casey, uh, acquired one against Collingwood, but a lot of players had acquired one against Collingwood in that game. It was six touches, but eight tackles and finished the season with a 13 disposal, 11 hit out, eight tackle game. So 15 tackles in the last three weeks of the season to go with 24 hit outs as well. And I think something that I continue to like about her is like the diversity of the skill set. You know, she is, you know, a really dynamic athlete so much that you can line her up in a ruck contest and can more than hold her own, you know, in those games probably did just as much, you know, if not more good ruck work than some of our, you know, standard ruck type players so i'm really fascinated i guess to see where she goes you know how they line her up is it on a wing is it half forward is it down back is it like i think you there's there's a case to be made you know all over the place but i i i wonder if it is a like for like swap of we're going to take abby mcdonald out and we're going to have you know Gabby Featherston come in and also play that sort of halfback role. Um, only struck me the other day that Annabelle Johnson's still not in the side. Mm. Mm. You know, who that was is... such a crucial defender the last few years. That is a bit of a worry that, yeah, we still haven't seen her back in this team. And hopefully, hopefully we do see her this season because, yeah, as you said, very crucial last year. And I think. Even this year should be even more crucial. Has just been that really solid link-up play, which I feel like we're just missing a bit going forward. Is that really good link-up play? You can see Abby Donald and Zali Friswell are definitely trying to fill that void that Johnson has left. But it's, yeah, Johnson plays that role like better than most other players. So yeah, hugely, hugely missed. So fingers crossed we see her. She, yeah, and it said a month ago that she was sidelined. Um, four to six week rehabilitation process was decided in order for the knee to fully resolve and provide Annabelle the best opportunity to turn to full fitness for the back end of the season. So, um, and and that's the same. I'm just reading an article. This is from about a month ago uh, with Anna Rose Kennedy, the other Tipperary recruit. Um, she's had a a sustained stress reaction in her foot keep her out for four to six weeks so she 
Okay. They were sort of on a similar timetable a month ago. So might see them in the next couple of weeks, maybe um, all things being equal. It'd be interesting to see Anna Rose Kennedy um, actually, because she, she, at least in terms of the Gaelic football um, landscape, was that player that you would probably put running off halfback, linking defence to midfield, um, you know, really intelligent, hard-running kind of player. Um, maybe not with the top-end speed of, you know, some of your, your your speedier, dashing kind of players, but, yeah, a really clever um, player who I think sees the field really well. Uh, let's get into what we want to see. Sambo, you can lead off hit, then Johnny, uh, and I'll follow into that cleanup. Uh, Sambo, what's one thing you want to see the game against the Dockers? Um, I would like to see uh, Becky Webster really show some show some signs. Like I don't, I don't think she's by any means been a um like a letdown or you know a, <laughs> a a lame leg in the squad or anything letting the side down. I think she's you know been performing her role adequately and and you know uh, creating a, a fair bit of output. But it's just, I mean, it's hard coming back from injury, of course, and this is allowing that but i would really like to see a sort of build upon what we've seen in the past like i think last season she just she improved out of sight in almost all areas of her game like i just think everything everything she was doing she was doing more of it she was doing it better and doing it better more consistently um and i just i would really like to see that that just that real ferocity that she approached the game with uh in in prior seasons um which i think is the fact that she you know, maybe looks to lack a little bit of that is pretty natural coming back from an injury. Um, I think she still looks like she's got the will to go as hard as she always did. But, um, yeah, not to hold, hang the whole game on one player, but I would just really like to see her have one of those one of those uh, quintessential Becky Webster games where she's lays a heap of tackles, some intercept possessions, a lot of clearances, some score involvements. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see that. Jordan. I just want them. Oh, one thing I want to see is to see them lower their eyes and hit up targets inside 50 and less of those, you know, running long kicks inside 50 that just land in defenders' laps where they can easily rebound and counter attack. Yeah, no, 100% agree with that. Um, it's, it's become the storyline, really. Uh, and it's something they're going to have to resolve as a, as a as a whole club too, like VFLW, mm. AFLW, because they play the same game style. And that was, as you know, the the coaching staff for the VFLW side said ahead of the last season, we're going to play the same game style as the the, the AFLW team to make it, you know, um, a clear link between the two sides. And they struggled with it in the VFLW, and now they're struggling with it in the AFLW. So you think once they find a solution, uh, it'll benefit both teams. Um, no end. What do I want to see? I want to see... Um, I mean, it's hard not to uh, just, you know, piggyback on either of those points, really. Um, but what I'll say, I, I'll... I'll go specific 
I would like to see a little bit more of Rachel Kearns, actually. I, I said to you, chaps, there was a flash of it last week where someone laid a handball off to her. She dashed past off the back line and drove a ball long inside 50. And I was just like, there it is. There's her. That could be her role in the team. You know, adding that, and I think you said it, Sam, like the O'Sheen Mullen, that dash off the half back line. I'd just love to see a game where she actually gets in position to get a bit more of the footy. Like it's kind of hard you know, when you're trying to evaluate players, you know, when they only have a few touches sort of thing, I was just trying to look at what um, Kearns is actually averaging this year. Um, I've, I've clicked too many pages deep into my stats sheets. Um, but, uh, oh, come on, there it is. Uh, I think it's only seven touches or something like that. It's, it's just difficult. It's really difficult for to to know what you're looking at, I think sometimes, yeah. So only averaging seven disposals this season. So I, I'd just love to see a game where she got fourteen or fifteen touches, and, and that will come from her too, getting in the right positions at the right time to receive the ball. But I actually thought that kick, even that she delivered on the run, and I know it's a small thing, but the technique on the move seemed a lot more efficient, a lot more compact than what we've maybe previously seen. It seemed a lot more natural. And as we've harped on since the moment she was drafted, she's like a remarkable athletic talent. And now it's like, can we find a way to make that, you know, translate to being a really effective footy player? Um, so, yeah, that's what I'd like to see. All right. That is all for the public preview show. We're now going to duck behind the paywall for the Patreon match predictions, including which player we think grabs the headlines this week. We've had a win in that category a few times this season. Um, if you want to join in with all of that, it's $3.50 US per month. You can sign up on Patreon to support the podcast. Extended shows, video shows, VFL men's and women's coverage during those seasons. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, go Cats! Go Cats! Go Cats! Go Cats!